Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode eight of The Nut Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Ingram, member of metagamegurus.com, Gold Level Pro, and writer for StarCityGames.com. And today I'm joined here with Alex Majlaton, Affinity Aficionado, and eight-time Grand Prix Top 8 competitor. How's it going, Alex? It's going great, Peter. All right, so today I'd like to talk a little bit about Modern. I know you've been playing a lot in preparation for the upcoming Pro Tour, and we've been talking a little bit about that. And I'd also like to go over the Star City changes that happened this week. So if we look at the Star City changes, we just see that the two standard Opens that start out the beginning of each season have changed to team-constructed tournaments, and the other primary change was the... SCG seasonal rewards have pretty much gone up, which I think are both positive things. I'm a little sad to see the standard open go. I like just playing standard by myself. And I do think that they kind of made a relatively smart business decision, but a little bit of a hasty one because, yeah, you can be like, all right, well, energy is probably going to be around for a while. And they don't really see Wizards making any changes. And neither do I. But to have like, no hope in standard getting better is just a little a little unfortunate for me. What do you think about that, Alex? Well, I think that the change that Star City made to their schedule was a really good strategic move. They kind of paid attention to both the standard format for the next few months as well as the nature of the pro tours for the next few months uh the way that i saw the opening weekend standard open was that it kind of set the tone for the upcoming standard tournament it gave the players an opportunity to build the first round of standard decks that uh sometimes would influence the pro tour uh but if you look at this specific pro tour schedule that's coming up you'll see that the first Pro Tour of 2018 is a modern Pro Tour, so Standard is not going to be relevant for that at all. And then the next Pro Tour uh, in May, or is it June? I know that uh, it's Pro Tour uh, Dominaria in Richmond. Uh, I know that the schedule for that one is going to resemble what the schedule was like for Pro Tour Ixalan in Albuquerque, where they had the release weekend after the pre-release, and then there were several weeks in between that and the Pro Tour. So the players had time to play standard over and over and over. It wasn't uh, the compact schedule like it normally is. So when the schedule is as such, there's not as much emphasis on that week one innovation like there normally is. So uh, if I'm Star City and I notice that, then I'm thinking, let me change my tournament to one of the most popular formats that we can offer. Um, I know that the team constructed opens that they have have regularly sold out. And I know that because the last time it came to Baltimore, I tried to play and I just couldn't get in because it was full. So if I'm Star City, why not change my formats to something that the players are going to love? Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense now that you put it that way. I kind of can sympathize with them a little bit more. In no way do I think it's a poor business move. Like, I think it's the best business move they can make. Am I a little sad to see there no, be no individual standard tournaments going forward for the time being? I am, but I totally get it. And team tournaments are great. They're awesome. Everyone loves them. And I do look forward to playing in one because, believe it or not, I've actually never played in a team-constructed tournament. I've played in team-limited tournaments, but I've never played in a team-constructed tournament. Wow. I would definitely... Uh 
look to play in a Star City one in the first season of 2018 then, because I've only played in one team-constructed tournament, and it was a blast. It might have been uh, my favorite tournament that I've ever played in, both playing in it and preparing for it. Wow. Okay, so I realize I just lied to everybody. Um, I have played in a standard PTQ, like a unified standard PTQ back in like probably 2008. Yeah, so I just remembered that, so I did lie to everybody, but that's the only time I've ever played Team Constructed. Once you pass a certain statute of limitations, I don't think it counts anymore, so. that Yeah, that's yeah. definitely true. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Modern, where we've been at. Let's go through what decks we've tested, vetting the format out, where we think it's going to turn, because there's definitely a, a cyclical nature of Modern, and we've seen the big decks kind of, the big mana decks kind of, take over recently and now we see decks like burn and affinity kind of trying to uproot them and it's kind of just this cyclical nature of the modern format what are your takes on modern right now so i've obviously been keeping a very interested eye on modern and where it's been going in the past uh couple months uh, a lot of my important tournaments coming up are modern uh, the thing that i've noticed is that there's definitely a tier one uh but the decks in tier one that tend to dominate the tournaments kind of shift around uh, i think that there's uh certainly a rock paper scissors type thing going on among the tier one of modern and that is the type of thing that when you look at the week-to-week -week results you can kind of see it in action uh that's not to say that there are any decks that are below Tier 1 that can just never win. Of course, there are plenty of decks that have great weekends or just a big showing that weekend because whatever matchup they have that's good is super prevalent that weekend. So those decks can just take off. Uh, but when I look at the results from week to week over and over again, I notice that there are certain decks that just always seem to rise to the top. And that's kind of what I define as the tier one of modern. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, so I've been kind of doing my due diligence in testing a bunch of different decks for the format. Prior to the Invitational, I was testing a bunch of modern. I had standard pretty much locked in uh, with Team Rare Energy, and I could still play Team Rare Energy in the future. Although, I have had success with Gerard's deck that he top it with. It's like a 4C Long Tusk Cubless deck, and it's pretty cool. It plays like a one of Search for Escanta, but that's standard. No one cares about that. Um, and Modern, I've kind of just not been able to get my footing. I keep on trying a bunch of different decks, and even the decks that I do well with, I don't really like. For example, I tried Dredge this past week, like two days ago. And I 4-1 the league. And granted, I only play one league. But that's because after 4-1ing with it, I was just so off of it because I hated playing the deck. I felt like I made very minimal decisions. I chose to dredge the card with the highest number of dredge cards possible when it, you know, I wasn't trying to gather a lethal conflagrate with life from the limb. I felt like I was just making a ton of non-decisions and ultimately just beat my opponent, and that wasn't really satisfying to me. And I've also tried decks like Grixis Death Shadow and Tron and 
Affinity, which I do like actually, and I'll get to that later. I've tried Blue Light Control. I've been trying a ton of different decks, and I haven't really been getting anywhere. Uh, have you had any success with any of these decks? So I've played most of the decks that you've mentioned, and I think that my experience is pretty similar to yours, except I have played a lot of Modern, and I kind of just expect that to be the nature of Modern. You're not going to find one deck that feels great across 50 or 100 matches, or even 15 or 20 matches. Uh, every deck has some kind of inherent weakness, and... I think that's what makes modern such a popular format because you really can just find a deck that you like and keep playing it. And unless it is a really poorly constructed deck, you're going to have a fighting chance in any tournament that you play. In. So the decks that you mentioned, I've certainly tried them all myself, uh, most of them rather. And there are, Plenty of matches where I really like it. I, I, can, I can pick up a Death Shadow deck and I can see all of the really challenging decisions in them and I think, wow, this deck is really great and it's really rewarding to you know all of these micro decisions. And then I play against one of the metagame decks that pops up that is kind of built to beat the Death Shadow deck and I think, what am I doing? I can never beat this deck and this deck doesn't seem like it can beat anything else so what am i doing playing this this death shadow deck and i've gotten that sensation with basically every deck that i've tried so i at this point i have kind of just adjusted the way that i look at modern and approach modern decks and i just keep on coming back to the decks that i played previously and i think of the decks that that has happened to me the decks i've been happiest with is probably Affinity, and I know that you have played a ton of Affinity, so I was curious on what your thoughts on the position of Affinity were in Modern. So, uh, this week I'm a little bit more optimistic about Affinity than I was in the three previous weeks, but that's not to say that I think it's the best deck or that I'm going to auto-lock it in for my next Modern tournament. Uh, in general, something kind of happened in Modern where all the other decks caught up to Affinity, I feel, and it wasn't this obvious broken Mox Opal deck that it was in the years that happened before this. Um, the biggest thing was the players started building the Jeskai control decks, and the Jeskai control decks got really supercharged when people started playing Spell Quellers in them, and then they printed Search for Azkanta, and out of nowhere, Jeskai was just seemingly twice as powerful as it was before. So you could play it, and you could beat a lot of the other decks in Modern. And Jeskai Control was never a good matchup for Affinity in the first place. It was just the type of thing where all of your creatures that you ever played would die. So for a while, I was playing Affinity in the leagues, and every time I ran into Jeskai, I didn't feel like I was... a 45% dog like I used to, I felt like I could just never win at all. So I kind of put Affinity away for a while to try and focus on some other decks because, and it wasn't just Jeskai either. Uh, Death Shadow, the Grixis Death Shadow deck, uh, is a deck that I feel caught up to Affinity a little bit because 
you can build that deck to have a pretty good chance against Affinity, not like you could before, uh, by just playing a lot of Ceremonious Rejections. Uh, you could play Causal X Return to stop Etch Champion. Uh, Coligan's Command is a really tough card to beat. So what happened in the weeks prior to this week, uh, or the week of Oklahoma City, rather, was I saw this huge uptick in these really powerful, efficient mid-range strategies, and that kind of uh, took me off Affinity for a while because I felt like I would be taking it into a complete minefield of terrible matchups. Uh, and then you saw the Oklahoma City results where there were tons of Tron decks and Scapeshift decks and a lot of big mana decks. And those are the types of decks that I want to play against with Affinity. So I think that this week, uh, you might see a little bit of an improvement in the modern climate uh, for Affinity specifically because you have the big mana decks, which my understanding is that they have really good matchups against smaller mid-range decks like Jeskai or Jund or what have you. And then a deck like Affinity can just pop right up and capitalize on that metagame. So I'm really not surprised to hear that you are having some success with Affinity given the way that uh, Modern has cycled. Yeah, so my thought process is this. Um, I think Jeskai is one of the more popular decks in Modern. It is a deck where if you go to an SCG Open or a Grand Prix, normally I would say, I have no idea what you're going to play against. You're going to probably play against 12 to 15 different decks in 15 rounds. However, with Jeskai, I feel like you are going to play that at least once. I think the deck is incredibly popular. People love it. I think it is the best mid-range strategy in Modern currently, and I think people just inherently want to be playing that. I think people are comfortable with that. I think it's something that people enjoy. And my thought really comes to, for the Pro Tour... I think Affinity is a really good choice because I think the amount of Jeskai players will be at a pretty much an all-time low. And I think that for the Pro Tour, the metagame is going to be a lot more defined than a random Grand Prix or a random SCG Open. I think I agree with that. I think that uh, in the Pro Tour specifically, you're, you're going to see a lot of players gravitate more towards that Tier 1 of Modern that I was talking about. And if you could, you know, somehow miraculously narrow your next modern tournament down to 10 decks that constitute moderns tier one and tier one and a half, rather than the 30 to 40 decks that you might expect to see in the room at a Grand Prix or a Star City Open, then that metagame is a lot more attackable for sure. It's not, you can't find one deck that beats all of those decks, but I think that if you were good at estimating what proportions of those tier one decks would show up, then yeah, you could certainly pick a deck that would maximize your equity in the tournament. And uh, I'm not quite sure what the metagame for the pro tour might be. Um, but if it's as you say it is, and Jeskai will be less popular, then yeah, I'd absolutely want to take a deck like affinity because I can build my affinity deck to have a really good chance against all the other decks that aren't, you know, brutal mid-range removal debt festivals, and then then I have a, a, a great deck for the Pro Tour. Yeah, I, I think that the Pro Tour is going to consist of Rixus Death Shadow, Storm, 
Strawn, Affinity, Burn, Lantern Control, and then a bunch of other various percentage of, of modern decks. Like, by no means do I think the, the Pro Tour is going to be 10 decks. You know, I think that's impossible. But I do think it's going to be less next number of decks than you would see at an SG Open. And I think that those decks that I mentioned before are going to be severely more dominant. That I can agree with, I think. Okay, so what are your thoughts on, you know, some of the more popular decks in modern? Like, what what are your thoughts on, if we want to go down a list, what, what are your thoughts on Storm currently? So I played a handful of Storm over the summer. I think Storm is really fun to play, especially if you like just solving puzzles. Like, if you like doing Sudoku or crosswords, then I think you'd enjoy playing Storm. Um, it also happens to be a really strong deck in Modern uh, ever since they started building to take advantage of Gifts Ungiven uh, because it's the type of thing where now all you need to win the game on that turn is uh, a couple rituals and a Gifts Ungiven, and then you can just find enough gas to keep going and win the game on that turn. So the Storm decks were really good over the summer, uh, and then modern players do what they do, and they start building decks to kind of exploit that. Uh, the biggest reaction to Storm was the Humans deck that popped up over the summer, toward the end of the summer, uh, actually going into the fall, I think, um, where uh, Collins Mullen, I think he won two or three tournaments in a row with this Humans deck, and then if you play that deck against Storm, you'll see why. It's because, you know, that deck plays eight really brutal disruptive creatures. Twelve, actually. It plays uh, Meddling Mage, Kite Sail Freebooter, and Thalia. And if you're playing Storm... Those are the exact creatures you don't want to see. You don't want to see a fast clock that's also tearing up your hand and making your cards more expensive. So, I think that Storm was really good over the summer because there were less interactive decks for it to prey on. Like, if I'm playing a Valakut deck, and the only way I can beat you, or in, like the only way I can really approach the matchup is to either lightning bolt your goblin electromancer or your other mana reducer and hope to win the game on the fourth or fifth turn by breaching a titan to play or whatever, then I think that Storm is significantly ahead in that matchup because all they need to do is have a backup mana reducer or to try to go off in, in some other way. I've certainly won games with Storm where I didn't have a Goblin Electromancer in play, and it's a lot easier than you think it is. Um, so I think that Storm was really good, and then the interactive decks started popping up more, and those are your Grixis Death Shadows and your Jeskai's, and then Storm kind of lost its number one spot for a while, but it's still a tier one deck in my mind because there are still just so many matchups where, you know, if your opponent plays a turn two Electromancer, you know that unless you can kill that thing or kill them, they're going to untap and ritual you to death. Okay. Um, what are your thoughts on humans? Like, 
I know humans popped up to kind of prey on Storm, but I personally have been really unimpressed with humans, and every time I lose to it, I kind of just get frustrated at the fact that I think that I ran a little bad. So I tried the humans deck also. I think it's it was a really clever deck construction. Uh, the synergies are really powerful. Um, I agree with you that I was a little bit unimpressed with it myself also, mostly because it is the exact type of deck where it has two distinct sets of strategies in it, and you kind of have to hope that you draw the right half for whatever matchup you're in. Like, if you need to win fast, you need to draw your Champion of the Parish and your Thalia's Lieutenant, and if you don't, then you're kind of just left with a Freebooter and a Meddling Mage, and you have to plink your opponent for three damage a turn and hope that's enough. Um, whereas if you're playing against Storm and you really need that Meddling Mage to, to buy you enough time to win the game... And you can have a semi-explosive start where you get uh, a Champion of the Parish and uh, a Thalia's Lieutenant, and then your next draw step is Reflector Mage. And that's not really going to do much if your opponent already has all the cards in their hand that they need to win and you weren't able to disrupt them. So that was my big issue with the Humans deck. So I I think it, it, it's a cool deck. I think it's powerful. Uh, I'm hesitant to go anywhere near tier one with it uh, simply because it has consistency issues based on what cards you want to see. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you there. Um, I know a deck that you were kind of on a few days ago when I asked you was blue white control and it sports one of the cards that kind of I've been trying to really hard to play with is field of ruin. I think that card's really good right now, just against the big mana decks against just various decks in general, like decks don't play a lot of basics and it's very easy to get a lot of utility out of such a simple card that doesn't set you back much. What are your thoughts on blue-white control currently? So I'm I'm trying to explore more with blue-white control. I think it's a really strong deck. I, I actually think it, it could potentially be in that tier one of modern uh, if more work were put into it, uh, which is why I was trying to think about it more, trying to play more games with it. Um, the games that I had played, uh, I found some weaknesses in the deck, and I would want to play more games to see, are these weaknesses important enough or prevalent enough in modern to attack? Like, when I was playing Blue Eye Control, I found myself having a really tough time beating Hexproof Creatures, like out of the Vogels deck, and also uh, a Resolved Liliana of the Veil was a nightmare for me to beat. I didn't really know what to do. Um, so I'm more willing to say that Boggles is a, a deck that I might only expect to play against once every other tournament and just not worry too much about it, but I can certainly expect to play against at least one Liliana of Ale in my next modern tournament, so being weak to that card is a big deal for me. Um, that said, about Blue-White in general, I think it's really strong for the reason that you mentioned. It has Field of Ruin, which is a sneaky, powerful card in Modern right now, just because it's so good against the big mana decks, and it's good against a lot of decks that you wouldn't even think it would be that good against. It's incredible against Affinity, for example. Um, Affinity kind of needs its uh, Ink Moths and Blink Moths to beat the control decks after they remove all your normal creatures. And Field of Ruin is practically a cost-free way of removing an Ink Moth Nexus, and the Affinity deck 
usually only plays one basic to go get out of it. So if you're spending your paths on their early creatures and then, you know, Supreme Verdicting the board, you're cleaning up the later turns with Fields of Ruin and you're kind of slowly closing in on their resources. So I think that's another example of a matchup where Field of Ruin is a lot better than you might think it is. Um, so on top of that, I think the blue-white deck is really good at just looking at most of its deck, um, playing Serum Visions and Search for Azkanta, as well as a Snapcaster Mage to just kind of get a lot of scries going on. Uh, and that's why when you look at a, a winning blue-white deck, deck list recently, you'll see that it plays a lot of one and two ofs. And that always looks weird to me as someone who's not much of a deck designer, uh, but it makes sense when you play the deck because the cards that you're playing a lot of copies of do a really good job of answering the bulk of the threats that you expect to face with the deck. And then, you know, your single copy cards are not as hard as you think it might be to find at some point in the game, assuming that you are able to establish control in the early turns, which I think that deck is really good at doing. Uh, so I do think that it's hard to play. It's hard to make a lot of decisions over the course of the game that are all relevant. Like every decision you make needs to be one that you have to carefully consider if you want to survive. Um, but all the cards in it are really strong. And specifically if decks, mid-range decks like Grixis Death Shadow are popular, then I think blue-white control will be a pretty good choice because one thing that deck does really well is exhaust the opponent from their threats. And if the only threats you have in your deck are four Death Shadows and four Tassigers, then I think it's uh, relatively easy for a blue-white player to just deal with those and then find a way to win the game eventually. I agree. And to speak to your point about Field of Ruin, like, yeah, it's it's insane against Affinity. It's insane in so many matches where you wouldn't think it would be. Like, it's even good against humans. If you can swipe their, sweep their board, they only play, like, one or two basics, so you can kind of color screen them a bit. It's good against Burn. And, like, it's not like a card that, you know, I'm saying, like, is, oh, my God, I really want to draw this. But it actually has a lot of implications in matchups like that as well, where you can kind of just color screw them a little bit. So I definitely want to echo your statement on Field of Ruin. Um, I played a little bit with the blue-white deck yesterday, and I think I told you about it. I kept on losing to Burn. I just, the issue I kept on having was I'd be able to stop them for a while and kind of, like, stall out, like, nine life or so, and then I would get in the spot where I need to win the game. And winning the game, along with trying to protect myself from, you know, dying, is just very difficult. And I found a really hard time doing that, and I had no success. And then I think the other deck that I lost to was humans, but I do think that's a relatively fine matchup. It's just that sometimes you draw a good portion of heavy casting cost cards. And when you do that against humans, it's doesn't make for a, a, a good game. So yeah, I kind of like field of ruin a lot and I've tried blue black control. I know that I played that at the invitational and I know I talked to you about it. And the next place I want to go with that is playing white black. And the, the issue I had with white black in the past is the threats. Like, so if you play green black, you have access to, Tarmogoyf, Scavenging Ooze, Tireless Tracker, great threats that, you know, have different abilities. Tarmogoyf is a great beater. 
scavenging ooze ha makes you have game against decks like Storm or Dredge. And then Tyler's Tracker is just insane at getting card advantage, also along with providing a good clock. So that's the benefits of playing Black Green. And I'm tying Black along with all of these because I really think Liliana of the Veil is one of the best cards in Modern right now. I just think it's super powerful, and it's good against both aggressive and non-aggressive matchups. But I do think the blue-white control deck does, like, get out of the Liliana problem, because I think it has a lot of other things going for it. But the blue-black deck, the problem with that was, I don't know, I was doing well online, and then played with the deck in real life, and it just wasn't doing great, like... The issue of having Liliana plus reactive cards like Cryptic Command is a little awkward at times because you can't really plus your Liliana when you have a Snapcaster Cryptic or Cryptic in your hand. But the issue I found with White Black, even though I haven't actually played games with it, is the threats. Like you have Lingering Souls, but outside of that, you don't have any hard-hitting threats. You, you don't have a Tarmograve. You don't have a, a Beater and... It's something that I want to work on, and it's something that I think is good, because I think having white with Field of Rune is, is really important, because I think white is just great for cyborg cards. I think white is probably the best color for cyborg cards in Modern. So definitely something I want to look into going forward for, like, GP Toronto's. But other than that, what is your next Modern tournament? So there's a local tournament uh, in... Frederick, Maryland at the store called Game Hunters. Uh, it's actually a team-constructed tournament. Uh, I'm thinking about playing in that because I have a lot of modern tournaments coming up in January and February. And a local tournament like that is a really good opportunity to maybe try a deck that I haven't had much chance to play so i'm thinking about playing in that tournament um but if i don't end up playing in that tournament my next modern tournament for sure is going to be grand prix santa clara uh which i'm the modern player of. uh my team is john stern and aaron yeah he's our legacy player uh he top aided grand prix cleveland or columbus it was the legacy one in 2016 okay where infect won and he top aided with miracles so uh He's from Canada, so he's automatically best friends with John, and he uh, he's just he's widely regarded in legacy circles as a really good player. Players that gain a ton of value in these team tournaments just by being a great legacy player because there are very few of them. My next tournament is probably a team tournament as well, um, SCG Philly at the end of January. It's actually quite a quite a large gap. Yeah, I'm currently being vetted by Dan Jessup if I'm allowed to team with them for SCG Philly. Uh, <laughs> so I'm I'm awaiting that news so I can figure out what it is that I have to do uh, in terms of getting a team for that event. Are there any other thoughts on Modern that you've, you've had that you didn't get to share? Not really uh i do think that it's important to play live with your decks uh and not just focus only on testing online um i played dredge in the rptq and 
I found myself playing slower than I normally would just because I was terrified that I would miss something. So uh, I got lucky in that tournament to do as well as I did without much practice in playing the deck and paper. But, uh, you know, if I had just kind of assumed that it would be easy to play because I played it online, I would have been very wrong because you have to track a lot of stuff. And that's going to be true with a lot of decks that you play in modern. Um, Lantern is the biggest defender, I think. Uh, you pretty much just can't expect to pick up a Lantern deck in paper after only having played it online. There's a lot of stuff that you have to learn how to do. I've written about this in my articles. It's, I think for any tournament, it's important, whether it be standard or, or modern or even legacy. Like I think it's incredibly important to get real-life reps in, especially with Lantern Control. Like That actually happened to me. I played the deck Mono Online, then I went to SCG Syracuse with my first event back from Wizards, and I played the deck, and it was like a completely different experience. Yeah, One last deck I want to talk about, actually. A deck that has received, I believe the current standing number is 43 trophies on Magic Online. It's something ridiculous, and it just jumps. Like, the, the modern trophies go from 16, 16, 16, 18, 18, 18, 43. That is selfie sec with the Mardu Pyromancy deck. Have you given this deck any cadence? Uh, so I've played against this deck quite a bit. I've played against Selfie Sec uh, themselves at least three times in my modern testing in the past couple months. Uh, that deck, I think it's a good deck. Uh, at least its construction makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I'm not sure what advantages it has over the other mid-range decks, though. Uh, that's me okay. saying that without sure. having played yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I've played it in one league. Um, not much testing. I think I went like three and two with it and I found it to be okay. I certainly didn't think the deck was built a hundred percent optimally. And I think that may be just true of like one person working on it or whatever. But for the fact that they have 43 trophies, it's kind of, I mean, for sure they play a ton of magic online, but that's kind of impressive. It is. That's definitely nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, I just wanted to, to mention that for those of you out there that don't know, I think it's called Mardu Pyromancy. It's currently on the MTG Goldfish page for Modern, and if you haven't checked out MTG Goldfish, I highly recommend it for any tournament you have to go to. It just is a really nice website that shows all of, like, standard, modern, any format, really. They have Popper, Vintage, Frontier, Commander, a ton of different decks. It's, it's a great... It's definitely the, the most useful website that I go to involving magic. So that's me, Peter Ingram, and thank you, Alex, for joining me this week. And uh, is there anything you'd like to say, Alex? Um, yeah, I want to give a shout-out to um, the sponsor of my Pro Tour Team Series roster, Mana Traders. Uh, I've been able to try a lot of decks just because of the Mana Trader subscription service. So uh, if you want to have the ability to try a lot of decks in a short amount of time without much investment, definitely to a Mana Trader subscription. Thanks, guys. Thanks.